Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for pressing download or play on this episode of The Curated Culture. I am so excited, so incredibly excited for this episode. This week, I am sitting down and talking with Miss Tia Scott. Tia and I have been running in the same circle for probably close to a decade. We've seen each other in passing. We've seen each other at events. And we've had little two to three minute conversations, greetings, hello, goodbye, how are you? This is the first time, despite having a pretty decent network of mutual friends, that we actually got to sit down and talk for an extended amount of time, which is crazy to me. But be that as it may, this was a very good episode. Tia was very, very sweet, very insightful, and uh, very honest about everything, uh, but specifically being a woman in a male-dominated field. She spoke in great detail about her love of hip-hop and hip-hop music and uh, a very candid story about what turned her on to hip-hop in the first place. It's an excellent episode, man, and I really, really hope that y'all enjoy it because I definitely enjoyed recording it. Before we get into the episode, though, we got to take care of some business, get down to some brass tacks, as they say. And that business is, if you haven't heard, Curated Culture has a sponsor. And that sponsor just so happens to be one of the freshest streetwear brands in the universe. That's right. I'm talking about the Aviators brand. Haven't heard of them? Shame on you. Aviators brand packs so much fashion and style and comfort and most importantly quality into their products you will have no choice but to be a fan head on over to the aviatorsbrand.com and check out the selection they got the uh, camo collection that dropped a little bit ago and there's a new collection called the elephants don't fly it is chock full of really dope merch and if you're a hockey fan you'll notice uh, some of it is actually inspired by the sport of hockey yeah i know crazy right if you go over there and if you end up picking something up which i definitely think you should make sure you drop in the promo code curated culture and that'll get you 20 percent off of your order yes savings Not only are they a good, high-quality brand, but they are going to pass some savings along to you, the listener of this podcast. All you have to do, throw the promo code CuratedCulture in as you check out and save yourself 20% off of your order. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Tia Scott. Thank you so very much for listening. Let's do it. Let's hop into it. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Curated Culture. And if you can't tell by the giant grin on my face, (laughs) this is one that I've been waiting for for a very, very long time. My guest tonight is the alluring, the talented, (laughs) the dopest of the dope, Miss Tia Scott. Tia, how are we doing tonight? Thank you for that intro. I'm amazing. I'm amazing, and thank you for having me on, for real. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. I think the very first time that I asked you to be on any form of my podcast was probably like three years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, 
you know, things happen, but I'm glad I'm here <laughs> today. <laughs> Perfect timing, you know what I'm saying? This no is the doubt. Right time. No doubt. Life comes at you fast. Things change up. You know, I've rebranded and uh mm-hmm. I think like you said, this is this is perfect timing. So I'm I'm really, really excited to talk to you because we've run in the same circle for like years and years and years. But I don't think I've ever really gotten to have like a one-on-one sit-down conversation with you. I don't think so, man. That's why I'm, I'm, man, I'm super excited for this because there's people that just like you want to set up meetings, you want to pick people's brains, but just it just never aligns. So, you know, I'm glad that we have this opportunity to do this. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. So with that being said, because we've like run in the same circles, but never run into each other, Mm -hmm. I got to ask right off the bat, who is Tia Scott? Tia Scott, Tia Renee Scott. Ooh, the whole whole government. The whole government. (laughs) Renee is actually my my mom's first name. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't start actually using my middle name until probably like two or three years ago okay. um because i'm like it's an honor i don't know i don't know it's like every time i say that i think of my mom anyway yeah tia renee scott aka tia the writer um <laughs> i am a freelance writer um music blogger um music journalist in certain settings uh i write bios and press releases i'm a lover of hip-hop um that's my whole life i've pretty much given my whole life to hip-hop it's no regrets. I'll come back and do it. <laughs> um, I'm a mom. I have a 19-year-old daughter. She is gorgeous. Um, and I don't know. I'm just chill. I don't really know how to describe myself, Rob. <laughs> I think you just you just did an excellent job of doing so. I mean, you, you hit on most of the points that we'll talk about tonight. And the first thing that we're going to jump into is your writing. Because... I have been keeping up with your writing and things like that via the dope show. And then you just jumped off with something new, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, And thank you for keeping up with my writing too. I I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, My new venture, honestly, I have a couple of things going on right now. Um, I'm basically jumping out there and using more of my actual voice instead of writing. Um, I'm still writing, but I'm incorporating video and audio. I just put out an audio article yesterday. Um, It was basically an audio version of an article I wrote last month about my grandma Birdie and how she turned me on to hip hop. Um, She was pretty much the very first person that just sat me down like, look, rap, you should listen to this. Right. and change my world forever um i have a soundcloud link oh my god i feel like a rapper saying that wow i have a soundcloud yeah. link where <laughs> you can um <laughs> you can listen to that article um and my whole thing is i just want to get more into me and i want people to know more about me um I just be chilling, but I like a lot of cool shit. I can cuss, right? Yeah, I mean, cuss away. Yeah, okay. this, this is very much an, an adult-centric, adult-centered podcast slash YouTube thing. So no okay. holes barred. Do what you got to do. Say what you got to say. If it's anything offensive, I'll just edit it out anyway. So we're right, good. Right, nah, no, it ain't about to get that wild. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was out here. Wild on the podcast. Yeah, you're not, not going <laughs> to trump me on the podcast. That's for sure. You will not Donald Trump me. <laughs> but yeah so that article is based 
basically about to kick off a series um, of what I'm doing. I'm basically about to just make all my articles audio eventually into video. Um, so I haven't named the series yet. It's just pretty much my newsletter on Substack. And pretty much anywhere that you want, it's going to be Tia the Writer. So just search that and anything that I'm doing is, is going to come up on them, those platforms. Yeah, yeah search Tia the Writer and there you be. There I am. Yeah, yeah so, I haven't seen another one, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the uniqueness is definitely important now. Now, I, I do right. want to know what, um, if you can remember, what was like your earliest memory of like when you knew that writing was your thing? Like, when did you when did you discover that it was something that you were really good at? Um, I was in the fifth grade, and the only black teacher that I had had up to that point, Mrs. Lowe, she was so dope. Um, she had us all journal. We had to make a journal and we had to write it in every day. And I was writing about life. And she pulled me to the side one day and she was just like, do you write at home? And I was like, no, like I write it in class because you make us write. And she was like, you have talent. Like you really have talent and you should write at home. And she started giving me like, little side things to write. Like go home and write a paragraph about um, your fifth birthday or something. So I come back, I have two or three pages for her. Like you know, this happened, this happened. And um, she really kind of sparked, she's like, you have a gift. You should really look into that. Um, she challenged me. And from that moment, and it's crazy, I still have that journal to this day from the <laughs> fifth grade. But she challenged me to just like write more and write about didn't really want to like who wants to write about their fifth birthday a lot of people don't even remember right but she drew she just she kind of pulled it out of me like yo do this do that and from that moment on I just I kept doing it until I really started writing about things I wanted and got around other writers and editors and people just started confirming like no you really are good um went to school for it it was just like I don't know. It's, it's, it's like if you ask a singer, like, so when did you think you were going to be a singer? they like, oh, I, was, I was two running around the house yelling. I didn't know what, but your gift found you before you could find your gift. And I think that that's what happened to me. Right on. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's actually pretty dope. Now, a lot of writers, including myself, you know, it, after so long, you, you kind of, pivot, you change, you switch it up a little bit, all in an effort to try and find your voice. Um, mm. how, how long did it take you to discover like your voice, your specific thing that you were really, really good at writing about? Um, it took a while, honestly. It took years of me just uh, playing with different kinds of writing, like poetry, at some point I was writing raps and <laughs> I was like, yo, I could kind of do this, but I didn't have a delivery down. I was trash. But, uh, um, you know, on paper, I had them bars. I could have been a ghostwriter <laughs> had I knew what it was back then, but um, just different types of writing. And it clicked for me in 2010. Okay. Um, or maybe 2009 to where I was dating this guy and he was living in New York. So I was in New York a lot. He would take me around people that were also writers. I'm like published writers, people that are working for like the times. I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. And we would just have dinner and they would just like 
dropped gems without even trying. It was just a casual, you know, dinner, but I'm just soaking it in. And someone at the table, this woman, she was just like, yo, write how you talk, write how you think. That's how I found my voice, you know, this and that. And it stuck. She wasn't even talking to me. She was just talking to someone else right. about how she found her voice. Yeah. <laughs> and it hit me that up until that point, I was writing to try to impress people. I was trying to be as professional as possible, but I was losing my actual voice or it wasn't even coming through anyway. And so from that moment, I started writing like how I talk, like how we're talking right now. I would just put that down on paper. I didn't know that from people that's kind of hard. They can't quite get what's happening in here or here on some paper. Um, but that's how I found my voice. That's how I still write to this day because I want it to be as easy as possible to understand what I'm trying to say <laughs> you know right. like you, sh you shouldn't have to um and not not knocking anybody's writing but you shouldn't have to stop and pause and try to figure out what the hell I'm saying because right. you're going to lose interest or figure out what this specific word is did I even have to use that word like you know because it's a big word no, it's like, I just try to keep it as easy as possible because I'd rather have a great conversation than show off my writing skills, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense because some people like to, you know, try and throw the vocabulary out there. Yeah, like, no, nah, I'd yeah. rather you leave like, yo, this was a good piece, this resonated with me versus, oh, she's a writer, you know, right. I just read some writing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's that in and of itself is is solid, though, because, you know, New York specifically is like a writer city. You have those big cities like that, New York or mm -hmm. Chicago, you know, uh, Connecticut even is, is like a haven for writers. What was what was that experience like, you know, outside of that dinner being in a big city? Did you catch those big mm -hmm. city vibes like I, I want to live here forever? <laughs> at some point I wanted a brownstone in Brooklyn like for real like I'm like this is a writer's dream like seriously um but then I went to Cali and was like yeah the weather though mm -hmm. but New York is definitely a haven for writers it's man um it's the city itself is just full of a hustler ass energy you know what I'm saying like you go there you're gonna want to work even if you're on vacation everything is inspiring everywhere you look even the sad shit you can kind of get inspired from it you know sure. but it's like that opened my world up like especially being from flint and i didn't know any writers from flint probably like two or three at that moment like 2009 2010 and it made me want to go back and really um just get the writing popping there you know get the blog popping because there was none and i'm like yo to be in a city to where it's like buzzwords flying everywhere, blog and blurb and blog, whatever. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, huh, you can get kind of like lost in that. Um, but if you go somewhere to where none of that is really happening and you can kind of be a pioneer in that, or you can kind of be like, um, just add to that culture. That's what excited me about it. I'm like, I'm about to go back to the crib and kill it. Like New York inspired me in that way. I didn't quite want to move right then and there to New York, but it inspired me to go back and show people something different. Like, hey, like, you know, we can read. We don't have to, uh, you know, always just rely on TV. I feel so old saying that. Just watching <laughs> TV all day. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, being on MySpace all day. Like, no, I'm going to give people content. 
You're so, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, so as a writer, you know, you face specific challenges just kind of getting your name out there. And I would imagine, um, you know, being a Black writer is even more challenging, but yeah. you kind of complete the trifecta of being a Black woman writer yeah and like what what kind of what kind of challenges did you face at, at first like getting your in terms of getting your content out there and getting it in front of an audience um let's see it wasn't necessarily being a black writer but it was being a woman writer um especially writing about hip-hop like yeah. i was getting challenged a lot Aside from me trying to break into the um, writing industry, just trying to get on some publications, get my name out there, I would get met with rejections because they're like, well, you need a full portfolio to write here. And I'm like, well, I'm starting with you guys, you know, and they're like, no, come back when you got, you know, got your chops up. Um, especially, well, not especially, I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, I don't know where that was going, like, but... <laughs> But aside from that, I would also just like write on my own personal blog. So I would be met with men wanting to challenge my hip hop knowledge. And so I would be arguing with dudes and stuff on, like, on my own blog. Guys was trying to fact check me. I'd have to re-fact check them. Like, no, um, this, this happened in 97, bro. It wasn't 96. Um, so it's just a challenge of just having to prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be a great writer and you also have to know what the hell you're talking about. And you also have to be passionate about what you write about and talk about. Be ready to argue about that shit. That's why you have to be passionate. Right. <laughs> because you will, you're going to get challenged. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that you, you had to be, like, I guess a little more aggressive than, than you would normally have to be. Yes. Which is really, it was hard for me back then because I was also trying to be girly. Um, <laughs> cool. I'd always been a tomboy. Yeah, yeah. I'd always been a tomboy. I grew up with guys. I was playing football, listening to rap, playing video games. So, in my early twenties, mid twenties, I was trying to be girly. I'm dressing like a little bit more sexy. I'm wearing makeup and this and that. But I'm also writing about like horrorcore and shit. This <laughs> just came out in Jay Z's latest album and um. So, but I still had to be aggressive. Um, I guess the pit bull in a skirt thing Eve mentioned, you know, right. it, it, it's, it's, it's a confliction. It was definitely conflicting because, uh, Rob, I'm just going to keep it real with you. I would be at a table full of guys like B-Bell and stuff like that. And we're mm -hmm. having like, uh, a rap conversation and it's a guy at the table that I like. No. And, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and by the end of the debate, he dapping me up and stuff like, man, you cool as hell. I'm like, no. I want to be cool. I want to be the homie. And, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that was my life right there. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a challenge being a woman and writing about rap, writing about music in general, because for some reason, people don't. I don't know, think that we know a lot about, you know, things like that, like rap. I'm like, this is the culture. It's male dominated to a degree to me. I feel like that's on the inside. But like as a hip hop lover, 
it just to be natural that black women love hip hop and wants to and want to write about it and create it. Right. Especially when you consider like, you know, even going back to the onset of hip hop, like some of the biggest acts were female rappers. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Did exactly. did you ever find yourself like um I guess like uh having to to literally prove like yo this this is me like i i i grew up listening to hip-hop i know this genre i know this rapper i know the story behind this album like did you find people kind of challenging your i guess your realness your legitimacy when it comes to the subject of hip-hop all the time that's why i'm always ready with random facts like i just told you like i was a tomboy i up with guys i play football i play video games i listen to this my first album that i ever bought was um naughty by nature's uh, debut album um <laughs> it was just like i always do have to come with that like just keep it at the forefront because someone will always ask well well how old are you um you know, when did you start actually listening to rap, though? Who's your favorite rapper? Who's your top five? Who's your producers? Blah, 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 blah. You just got to have that ready. Um, and I saw, I've kind of peeped being around guys. Like, they don't get grilled like that. I think coming into scenarios like that's where you are, if not the only woman, you're just like, a, you know, one of few in that debate or in those circles, you're like a unicorn. And so, you know, right. <laughs> like... So they want to know, like, are you really for real, like one of us before we proceed or we're going to mash you in this debate? You know what I'm saying? Or we're not going to include you. We're just going to talk about a thing that we, you know, we'll talk around girls. Right. Like, we'll talk about when girls are around. Sorry about that. I knew what you meant. Okay. <laughs> and whoever sees this knew what you meant, too. Okay. If they say they don't, they're lying. Right. But, <laughs> so let's let's bounce back to the music thing real quick. As as you say, you know, your, your grandmother was a heavy influence in there. Um, what were what were like your favorite artists when you first really got into hip hop? And then how has that changed into, you know, adulthood? Um, when I really first got into it, cause my, my first real introduction was like Biggie. So the whole bad boy thing, um, all the rap crews, you know, what I'm saying those were like my favorites but my real deal personal favorites were the women I got into female MCs and female rap like like I just man I'm a Scorpio so we have like an obsessive trait so I was just obsessed with female rap um Lauren Hill was like my favorite rapper at one point Foxy Brown um I got a chance to meet Foxy one time I and it's crazy because I'm not really a fangirl for any celebrities, but I was crying for her because it, it wow. was just real. I'm like, I love female MCs, Salt and Pepper. I did my homework. You know, I went back, back in the day, Roxanne Shantae. So that was my whole thing of like, damn, like, this is it for me. Like, this is it. Like, they got me. Right. I'm a hip hop head forever, but mainly it started with the women. Right on. Right on. And then as you as you matured, as you grew into adulthood, how, how did that change? Did did your taste change with the sound of music? Because, you know, we went through the heavy like New York phase and then we had the West Coast phase for a little bit. And then we had like Dirty South rappers. And right. you know, it's, it feels like everybody's kind of lumped into one. Did you tend to um, did your taste tend to follow the trends or were you always one that was kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm going to kick it over here? I followed trends because I always want, I just love the culture so much. So I just wanted to be um, in the know of everything that was going on. 
even now to this day with like the, the younger rappers, new rappers, like I, I, I don't have it in my heart to knock them and criticize them and critique and be like, back in my day when Jay-Z was spitting this, like, ah, uh, like they love the shit just like how I love the shit, you know? So I give it a chance to try to stay in the know. So I would stay with the trends, but I also had soft spots in my heart for the stuff that just wasn't mainstream. Um, mainly uh, like Michigan and like just Midwest music, right? Like, um, I don't know how I got into uh, indie Michigan music, but I was like heavy on Esham <laughs> and not expecting um, like they're making amazing music. And I was like, damn, like who else? And, you know, ICP will pop up, you know, saying and like, like, who else? Who else is here? Who else is in the Midwest for real? And so I always kind of like. I love the radio. I love what was happening on TV, but I was always just following what was going on at the crib and surrounding areas and Chicago and like, yeah. So that's where I was with it. And I can't really say that my music taste evolved. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> my mindset for a certain music that I used to love changed. Okay. Being a woman is getting older. Like, like like I can't listen to Dre's explosive. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't listen to a lot of songs of two thousand one. I can't throw on, you know, old NWA and oh no, it's it rubs me the wrong way. Right. Um, just <laughs> yeah. Like I, I get what C Dolores Tucker was doing back then. You know, bless her heart. <laughs> I get it. Back then I'm like, fuck her, man. Yeah. Even Laura's talking, you a motherfucker. Right. Yeah, nah. Not yet. Not <laughs> like, yet. Mm, y'all kind of wrong. I don't know. I get what she was doing. Yeah. So that's how my music has changed. Music taste has changed. Okay. All right. So so let me let me throw an opinion piece out there at you since saying that like it's hard or, or difficult at least to listen to explosive and things like that. Where, where do you stand on the whole uh, the, the 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 WAP debate? Because you have you got dudes that spazzing out about it, like, dude, why they got to be rapping about this and that? But it's like, you know, on the flip side, men have been rapping and and you know dropping misogynistic lyrics for years and years and years, and nobody right. really bats an eye at it. But now all of a sudden, when it's a woman and they're talking about, you know pretty much the same exact thing just on the opposite side of the spectrum everybody has a problem with it why do you think that is and 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 where do you stand on that debate uh let's see and it's just pure my opinion uh hey that's all that matters right now (laughs) i think uh it's it's a slight difference between um songs like WAP versus explosive because WAP is just talking about you know wet ass that you know yeah. what I'm saying you talk about your yourself you know uh-huh. what I'm saying um and how it makes people feel good you know right. what I mean versus explosive where it's like hey fuck a bitch suck a dick whatever you know what I'm saying it's like whoa that's offensive bro like you're talking about another person you know what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> like, whoa so I feel like that's kind of the difference. Even if there is music like Trina, how she used to talk about, you know, getting guys for their money, whatever. Right. And Meg, and Meg does the same thing. I feel like even that is still like, it's not offensive to guys like that as this music is offensive to women. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like guys have said some really wild shit about women throughout the years. So it's like, bro, that's for, like, for years. 
yeah, for years. I don't, I've never in my life listened to a woman spit and be like, too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the most some chick would say, like, she'll mess with your best friend or something. I Like, guys go in. Yeah. Like, go in. Even if they're talking about sex in a in a way to where I guess it feels good, but like, you know, putting it in your kidney, you know what I'm saying? Right, I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to think about <laughs> that organ when you talk about sex. So that's my whole thing with WAF. I just think people get uncomfortable when women say nasty things anyway. And we're so used to men saying it to where it goes, like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's guy stuff. Right, for boys women, will be like, boys. Boys, exactly. Yeah. Um, but for women, it's like, man, I'm with it. I, I love the shit. I love it. I was <laughs> 14 listening to hardcore. Like, talk your shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because at the end of the day, you're not hurting nobody. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Not saying, okay, I'm going to rewind. Not <laughs> saying that songs like Explosive um, aims to hurt people, but what if a young impressionable guy listening to that is like yeah this is cool not knowing that these rappers are just saying this shit because it rhymes half the time you know it's, right. they don't really actually do a lot of this stuff a lot of them are married mm. a lot of them they're not doing what they really spitting about but guys are like eh, okay i'm about to do exactly what these right. niggas are saying <laughs> this weekend right you know what i'm saying ain't no fun if the homies can't have none that's right. potentially hurting somebody if a chick you know, mess with a guy this weekend and be like, yeah, give me a purse because of this whap. That ain't hurt nobody, man. Nah. But that guy listening to Explosive, watch that guy. Watch him. (laughs) Not (laughs) to be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta, um, so I I do have a question for you and and I'm really interested to see or hear the story behind it because you know as we mentioned b bell which this is this is the second time that i've talked to somebody about b bell i feel like i need to give him like executive uh <laughs> producer credits on my podcast because he's always popping up uh, that, hey, that'd be dope. <laughs> i know i know i'm gonna I'm a, I'm a message him after we finish uh so you were behind the scenes involved in probably one of the biggest most important indie projects to come out of flint which was perfect timing with with is an ap and um i remember the mood of like this was the most serious the most dug in that i think i've ever seen b bell and i know that there was a lot of people working um Mm -hmm. to make that work and i know that you were one of them so um can you speak a little bit to that project and what the process was like to making it happen up here be me i am like you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i i love that project because we all just had fun like there was no and i've worked on a couple projects before where it it got it it was bad the vibe was bad but every time we all got together for any part of that album process it was fun it was so fun there was no stress it was just fun it was probably, it was just perfect. I don't know, I, you know, no pun, the whole perfect timing <laughs> uh, title, but it was just fun. So, um, and, and B-Bell was definitely in his goddamn bag. Yeah, he bag. was. <laughs> yeah, he was in his bag. He was, um, you know, just searching through all types of records. He was coming to AP with so many, like, 
ideas and AP was like that, that and he's yeah. just executing them just perfectly. Um, shoot the uh, the beats to fizz. He's just just man. Um, naturally just saying, I don't know. I, okay, let me get my words together because I really do love this project and I love talking about it. Yeah, fizz. Um, and AP was just on the the same wavelength. Like whatever AP was trying to convey with his beats, Biz was pulling that with the lyrics, and it just would just flow well. Mm. Um, with B Bell coming up with the idea of the interludes and the intros and stuff like that, um, and him being down to do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was one night when he did a, a <laughs> Fly City Ray intro. <laughs> I wasn't there, man, but I heard it was some Hennessy. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Every great B-Bell story starts with him. <laughs> with him. Every single one. Yeah. I got a few of them. I got a lot of Hennessy <laughs> <laughs> B-Bell stories. But, yeah, it was just fun. Um, my duty with that was just to try to get the album on, like, blogs and stuff like that, which we did achieve. I didn't do as much as I wanted to do with it because of like limited like connections back then like we do that now that shit is kind of pop yeah. but back then um we did as, as much as we could you know what I'm saying with what we had and it turned out to be an amazing project I feel like it's a sleeper though it's one of the best projects from Flint that not a lot of people know about yeah Yep. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things like even me when when I heard B talking about it, I'm like, alright, alright, I'll check it out, I'll check it out. And I finally started to listen to it and it was like, damn, like mm-hmm. this is really, really good. And yeah. I mean you you can tell like just like you said, everything just kind of clicked and it was it was perfect project, you know. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, even the people that we had involved, um, that wasn't really on the music side, but just like artwork. Like we would let them listen to some things off the project and they would get, you know, equally inspired. So they would come back with just, um, you know, really dope artwork. We had singles. Our rollout was kind of dope. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. <laughs> Every, man, everything was it like legit. And I, you know, I even got a chance to just for a split second talk with Biz and it's like anybody that any time, I get to talk to anybody about that project. It's the same reactions you just had, like full grin, like yeah. that was the one. <laughs> it was fun. It was just fun. And um, you know, we weren't trying to like make money off of it. We weren't trying to get a deal. We just genuinely wanted to make amazing music and see what we can do. Like see what we can do when we all get in the same room. Cause we would yeah. just we would all just go out, you know, have some pizza and talk about rap. But it's like mm-hmm we did our thing you know we, we proved to ourselves like yo we can do great things together and that's why we're all friends you're right it was <laughs> it was a true passion project and i i personally it's just because i was way 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 behind the scenes and and i got to saw it kind of come together from a bunch of different angles i personally would love to see a part two to that or something new so back pocket i've been saying that for years and he's like oh no man we just we ain't ready you know i'm like right yeah i mean you know one, one of those things it, it it takes time you can't rush it and just like with this one the pieces have to fall together perfectly mm-hmm. exactly yeah. man 
just want to touch on the fact that like we had like a listening party at my house and this is why I love Flint so much this this little story of I had about damn near everybody to do music in my little two bedroom ass house in the hood. I was on Concord Street. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was on Concord off the of Welch. Oh my god! You feel me? Yeah, and everybody was at my house in a. I want to say it was maybe like June or July. It was hot. I didn't have no air conditioning. But everybody was there, like B quarter, everybody like mama show, everybody <laughs> did music in the city was in my house yeah. to support and listen to this album. And, and I, I love that. Like I love that community, man. Like that yeah. really struck a chord for me. Like, wow, the city really messed with us, man. And we mess with the city. Right. And that's that's one of those moments that, you know, you put that feather in your cap and be like, yo, this this is I was a part of this project, no, no matter how slept on it is or, or how underrated it is or anything like that. Like me, for me personally, that stands out as like a legit classic project because it was, it was dope from top to bottom. So switching yeah. gears, speaking of being dope, I have to talk to you about the dope show. Um, where, where did, where did the concept for the dope show come from? And, um, uh, what, what really made you lean into that project? Um, the dope show, the, I got that name from a Marilyn Manson song, the dope show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I do. I, of course <laughs> I do. But I always said like, man, if I ever do anything, anything, it's going to be called <laughs> the dope show. <laughs> I don't care. And so I was playing with an idea one day, like, yo, um, when I made my own blog, I was going by the name Olivia Brown. That was like my uh her name, my, my pen name. And I had Olivia Brown's dope show. Mm-hmm. So if I do anything, I'm dated the dope show. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my very first vlog. <laughs> Matter of fact, let me rewind. I was just writing about other weird black girls like Khalees and stuff like that. And just stuff that I like. It was cool. I feel like I remember that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, yeah, I feel like I remember that one. Did you, because that was like, I think might have been when we first, maybe when we first linked up on Facebook. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Wow. Yeah. See, I've been, I've been behind the scenes for a minute. For a minute. See? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. I was picking up some traction. I was getting like a lot of views for it to be a blogspot uh, blog, mm-hmm. but it was 07. And uh, that's like blogspot was kind of popping. So um, I started writing about music. Um, I would just do or like uh, old school Wednesday, like how Rhapsody used to do. I would just like post it, People were like, yo, you should turn this into something. I'm like, okay. So I turned the blog into Olivia Brown's uh, Dope Show still on Blogspot. And I started, like, people from the city, like, artists was like, yo, post my album. And I'm like, all right, cool. Right. And so <laughs> um, I started getting a lot of traction, a lot more traction that Blogspot can handle. I moved my blog to WordPress, still Olivia Brown's dope show. And I'm like, yo, hit me up. I'll post your stuff. So I was taking it serious. But then, um, like, people... Like, guys would hit me up trying to holler at me, and I thought that was kind of, uh, 
or they would hit me up like you don't know what you're talking about whatever because you know you're not necessarily saying because i'm a woman but they're just like you know i don't even know why you're posting this blah 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 yeah just people trolling right and so it kind of messed with me because i'm like eh, i don't want to be the face of this really i really want people to just come and check out what i'm writing about so mm-hmm. i shut that blog down and I kind of chilled for like six or seven months. I came back to the blog and just named it The Dope Show. That was it. And I did that for about five years. Um, I want to say from like 2013 to maybe like 2018. Yeah, I think I shut it down in 2018, I believe, or was it last year? But either way, I did that for about five or six years. And I just got tired. I got tired. But mainly what I was doing was highlighting uh, independent music artists. I found my pocket. I just wanted people that needed some shine to get their shine. If you can't get on, you know, twodopeboys.com, I'll post your stuff if it's dope. Right. Because it's a dope show. <laughs> and yeah, but somewhere along the line, it's like it was too much music for me to keep okay. up with. And I was getting a little older and I just didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to be a little bit more um, grown with my music. Not Mm -hmm. saying that anybody writing about music is, you know, immature. They're not, but my taste had changed and I wanted to get into some more other like reflective writing. Um, You know, like how you get older and you start kind of seeing your parents as real people. And so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or you start looking back at things like, dang, wow, like, life is is it's it's a lot more than music out here it's a lot more to write about than just you know stuff like that so but the dope show was special to me because man i found a lot of great artists a lot of great artists and it helped me also connect with more people in flint that really needed that stage because i was doing uh, live shows too in flint yeah so yeah it, now, when you were when you were pushing um, like the the artists in particular, the the music, and you were writing about it, was there a part of you that felt like a certain responsibility to those artists to to get them a little bit of shine? Like, did did you have any extra pressure on yourself? I did, I did, I did. Um, it just felt like, especially with me being kind of like one of the few people that was doing it, particularly in Flint, I felt like it was my duty to do that. Um, at the same time, I wanted more people to kind of like, I don't want to say take my place, but kind of see what I was doing and just kind of like start their own so it can be more shine for these artists. Um, but that didn't quite happen. I want to say maybe two or three popped up, you know what I'm saying? But eh, I, I wanted it to be more. And I think at some point I'm like, I can't. I can't be the only one, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just do this. And I started just working with artists a little bit more personally than just, because at some point I'm like, this post ain't gonna do as much for you as, let's say, a Zoom call with me for 30 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Or us just kind of being on the phone or emailing back and forth from me, giving you some tips like, hey, you should put some hashtags on your your Instagram post or, hey, you should do this or, hey, you should reach out to such and such. Um, I'm like uh, posting, especially in the age of social media to where a lot of people weren't really going to blogs anyway. It's Mm -hmm. like you can get your blog news on your timeline. 
you know, and a lot of people don't want to click off social media anyway, whatever platform they're on. It's a little hard to get people off of that platform to another one for right. just a single thing. Right. So I started dedicating more of my time to helping artists individually, particularly in Flint, because I love the city. Definitely. And the city loves you back. Thank I mean, you. And it's, it's, you have that. I mean, like we were talking about perfect timing earlier, you have that project under your belt. So you are one who has a lot of good advice to, to artists in particular. And when you deal with certain artists, do you find that people are still kind of like a little more um, apprehensive towards listening to the things that you're trying to say or, or the things that you <laughs> tell them to try to help themselves? Yes. Yes. Cause I'm not telling people to, to, get a dance craze popping on TikTok and shit like that. Like, <laughs> like they are a little apprehensive <laughs> because I'm not giving out trendy advice. I'm giving out advice that if it hasn't already just worked already and been working, um, it's specific to them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they don't know that it's specific to them. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, you rap like this. I think that you should probably hit these sites instead of trying to, you know, hit something like real super popular, top 40 type stuff. You ain't there yet. Like They're like, I didn't ask you for that. Could you just tell me what to do with this? this, this? <laughs> and I'm looking like, bro, I'm trying to give you something that's going to work for you. Um, At that point, you got to be like, like, why are you here? Like, why are you here, right? What are you, what are you here for? Like, yeah, but I try to be very um, patient because I've been around artists for a very long time and I know that they mean well, you know what I'm saying? Like they mean well, they have a lot going on, they're trying to be creative and they're trying to uh, work on the back end of their business and get themselves out there. A lot of times it's literally just them, which mm-hmm. is not good. They really need a team. I try to tell people that all the time. You need a lot more people than yourself to get you uh, where you want to be. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. I, I just try to be patient with them, stick it out and, and, and try to keep them off TikTok, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, um, what are some of the things that in today's day and age, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have a lot of tools like TikTok, you know, to, to kind of use to their advantage. What are some of the things that you typically tell um, those artists that are looking to, to kind of pop off a little bit? Man, I try to tell them honestly. Put the keys away. We we don't want you to give away too much for free. (laughs) Man, um, honestly, just mm, no, that's a good one. I mean, I'm not trying to withhold good ones. I'm just, it's just, I'm, I'm working with it. If it's it's part of the recipe, if it's, if it's something that, you know, people got to come to you exclusively for, I don't want you to give away the whole thing. Yeah, because I got about, about, about four artists, you know, I'm working with right now, and I know they'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. Honestly, I'll tell artists just to, make sure they're making quality music and watching the time when they release things. Like, um, you know, it's, it's a couple artists, not a couple, it's a lot of artists out there that will make a song today and, you know, throw it out there on the timeline today. And it's like, nah, like, treat everything that you do 
with quality and with the intent that you wanted to make an impact, you know. Um, if you are, if you just made a song and it's mixed and you feel quality, make sure you drop it integrity. You don't just throw it out there. Get some people on your team to where it's like, yo, when I drop this, you retweet this or you repost this or you share this in your stories or you do this or help put it on TikTok, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like, make sure it's not just you. Make sure you have people that's going to rock with you for that initial kind of like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? For that just initial, initial excitement from when you drop something. Right. Um, make sure you have all of your kind of like social media handles and stuff and on tag. Make sure people can find you. Make it as easy possible for your consumers because they are getting hit with new shit every second of their life new television shows new music new albums new, new everything so make it easy you know what i'm saying get them damn x's and stuff and v's and shit out of your name you know what i feel like i'm talking about people right now i'm sorry no it's <laughs> because i mean that's that's one of the things that goes hand in hand with what you're saying. You're saying make it easy. You don't want to be, you know, little little uh little Draco Mac X V X V X V underscore. Right. Hey like, man, like oh if it's the A, make sure it's the A. Don't don't put the V as the A, man. Like <laughs> make it easy on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um put all your music on social, uh not social on streaming sites. Right. This shit free. Right. This is, this is free. Oh, it just man. takes time. Um, if you want it to be on Spotify, it's about a, a one to three week uh, wait for them to upload your stuff to Spotify. Or I think the process is kind of speedier now. I think actually it's like a couple of days. This yeah. shit's free. Like take advantage of all this free stuff that you have at your um, disposal because it's going to get people to really, you know, put eyes on you, man. So, yeah. and that's that's very very sound and logical advice <laughs> i think sometimes the logic escapes people yes uh, so let me okay. let me ask you this before before we get ready to wrap up i got a couple more questions for you but this one in particular what's what's the goal for the new project in terms of doing your um your audio Let's call them audio articles. I really like that concept of, you yeah. know what I'm saying, taking the things that you would normally write and, and speak them into existence. Like most yeah. people look for your writing, but as we lead more and more busy lives, I mean, COVID kind of kills that a little bit because we all sitting at the crib now, but, right. you know, people consume a lot of information when they're in their car or, you know what I'm saying, when they're cleaning and stuff like that. What's right. what's the goal? What's the aim uh, with these with these new audio articles that you're doing? Mainly just to get me out there more as a writer, get my writing more, uh, getting my <laughs> get my writing out there more um, in different lanes, um, like audio and video and um, things of that nature. I just want people to know that um, I am more than just a, a writer, man. I, I want to turn this into like a maybe a storytelling type situation. I'm still filling it out. Um, but I want to jump beyond just like, hey, I wrote some stuff, here you go. It's like, I, I want to be able to reach you in any medium that you, you know, uh, prefer. So, you know, right now, the audio article that I just put out, that's mainly just me testing things out just to see like, did this get more traction than what I wrote last month? And it did, it did. Like I got pretty much like what it took 
um, an entire month to see as far as like views and clicks, readerships, visits to my website and stuff. I just did that yesterday. So everything. <laughs> so the numbers are like, yo, roll with this audio article thing, you know, like, yeah. So I'm just testing different ways, man. And I've been seeing a lot more people that have been more kind of behind the scenes kind of come out and they're on video and they started a podcast and you hear them more and you see them more and I'm finding myself drawn to them like, yo, I, I want to see what they're doing today. I'm, I'm following on Instagram now. Like, yo, so it's time and it's time for us nerds and us introverts and us, yeah. us behind the sceners, all of us just like, you know. Killed it, right? Step up and make a change. I actually, I, I truly do. I love the concept of an audio article. Like that's that's something uh, really unique. And um, I don't know. Here's hoping maybe you can get a, a nice little deal on Audible or something like that. Get your that would be fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your little book deal or something. Hey, um, I so, am working on a book too. Really? That's one of the other projects. Yeah, I'm working on a book. Can and, uh, you or do you want to talk a little bit, just a little bit about that? Yes. It's okay to say no. It's totally no, okay. I do. Okay. I do. All okay. right. So. I don't know if you can still hear me or not, but you dropped out as soon as you said so. I'll hang tight and wait for it to reconnect. Oh, okay. Are you good? Can you see me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we do it now. Yep. Okay. I'm like, is that God? Like, don't say it. Right. <laughs> as soon as you said so, it was like, done. <laughs> so I wrote a book before COVID, How to Throw a Dope Show. Okay. And this was going to teach people my method of having an artist or a party or whatever with limited budget um, in whatever city you're in, small or big, because I do Flint. I literally anything in Flint you can do it anywhere right uh, <laughs> but this was before COVID and I was gonna put it out but I had to stay in the house and I was like now how you gonna throw a show and we can't go nowhere so right. I had to scrap that for a second um the book that I'm working on now is since wine and candles and other things that are keeping me sane and it's basically a book of everything that I love, things that uh, bring me peace and love and happiness, just little stuff, you know, like incense, wine, candles. Uh, oh, I was about to say weed. I don't think that I want to put that out there, but, uh, you know, things like <laughs> flowers. Yeah, <there laughs> yeah we'll, we'll say flowers. <laughs> we'll, we'll say you're a fan of pottery and gardening. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that works. But, but yeah, so that's what I'm working on. I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a basically a softer side of me and I hope people rock with it because I have amazing ideas for the promo. I just wanna get done with the book first. So right. like I'm almost there. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on. Baby steps. Baby steps every day. Absolutely. So the last question before we wrap up, because believe it or not, we've been talking for almost an hour. Like this, this just I didn't even high, look right? at the time. I just been looking at you like we are having <laughs> in-person conversation. 
that's that's the beauty of these things. Uh, so the last question is this: so um, outside of the audio articles in the book, um, what's what's next for Tia? Hmm. Honestly, just the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what's ahead um, other than the book. Because those that's where those those are where my main focuses are. Honestly, I don't like to take on too much anymore because it's a lot. Like it's a lot. Um, Be Bella tell you I was working on two or three other things. We was working on perfect timing. Like, oh wow! Yeah, that's that young energy right there. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my back hurt. I ain't got time for this shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the audio article <laughs> and my book. Okay. Yes. All right. That sounds good. Well, Miss Tia, I want to thank you so very much for being on. This was everything that I thought it was going to be and more. I feel like I honestly could talk to you for like six hours straight. And oh, we were... no. That's a long time, right? <laughs> it is. That's like old school on the phone. Like you hang up. No, you hang up. You get off the zone. You get off the zone. <laughs> so I, I know for certain as time passes I'm going to want to have you back on so we'll definitely do another one um, before we get out of here though uh, you spoke to the power of social media so where can the people find you on the Instagrams and the tweets and all that fun stuff I am on Twitter and Instagram at Tia underscore duh underscore writer um should i spell that or is that or people nah, we're good we can link to it cool cool but yeah man i ain't really been on facebook since that coochie land stuff man like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> i do not blame you <laughs> i do yeah. not blame you but please you know hit me up on instagram and, and twitter follow me I, I try to post some cool stuff and i'm very I, I'm lying. I don't follow back on Instagram. <laughs> you just you just got a lot of people excited. Like, yes, got her. <laughs> so it's it's uh, at Tia underscore the underscore writer, right? Yes. Twitter, yes. Instagram. Yep, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> cool. All right. Yes. Perfect. Perfecto. Tia. Thank you so very much for being on. This was an absolute blasty blast and a half. <laughs> man, all day. This was fun. This it was is. fun, man. This hour really just flew by. Yeah, it just blew right on by. We're going to have to do this again for sure. I, I still I appreciate you being on. Thank you for being uh, part of the, of the friendship circle, even though this is our first real one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah. After COVID blows away, I, I would love to have a legit sit-down person-to-person chat with you, so we got to make that happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm down. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you so very much for being on. If you guys like this, make sure that you like it. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. Every single way that you can listen to a podcast or that you can watch it, you can find this. So make sure you're following along. Follow Tia on her socials. She will not follow you back, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You can keep up with her that way. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. I am your gracious, humble host, Rob, a.k.a. at Robbie Diesel on pretty much everything. I will catch y'all on the next one. Peace.
All right. That was my conversation with Tia Scott, like I said, in the open, man. Just a, a, a beautiful, honest, brilliant, thoughtful, insightful mind Tia is. And I, I had a blasty blast and a half recording this with her. I absolutely enjoyed it thoroughly. I appreciate y'all for pressing uh, play or download on this episode of the Curated Culture. If you like this show, man, y'all make sure that y'all head over to uh, wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, however you can, and subscribe to this show. That way you don't miss a beat. You won't miss an episode as we upload each and every week. Also, make sure you're following us on the uh, social media stratosphere via at the curated culture on facebook and instagram and then at underscore curated culture on twitter you can follow me personally via at robbie diesel on basically everything everywhere all formats um thank y'all thank y'all so very much for listening big huge shout out again to our sponsors the aviators brand don't forget aviatorsbrand.com head on over there use the promo code curated culture to save 20 percent off your order i am your gracious humble host robbie diesel it's been a blasty blast thank y'all so very much for listening i'm gonna catch y'all on next week's episode until then i'll see y'all on the next one peace